Hello and welcome to the Wingnet Travel Podcast with me, James Hammond. Personally, I have been to 50 countries. I've met so many people in my travels that I want to bring them on this podcast and get their story on record. I have plenty of tips and stories to share with you as well. Are you a backpacker or a traveller or gap year student or simply someone who loves to travel? Then this is the podcast for you. Throughout the weeks and months, you'll get many guests and solo episodes where I try to cover all range of subjects within travel. This is a casual and informative travel podcast to inspire you to travel in the future. My patron, you can sign up for £4, $7.50 Canadian, US dollars a month, and this will give you an extra bonus episode per month, ad-free content, 24 hours early access to the episode. You can get a patron shout-out. I can also maybe get some ad-hoc podcast episodes that I might release during the month. And you'll also get some free stickers that I'll send to you in the post. If you're interested in that, head to patreon.com and forward slash winging it travel podcast and you'll find me there hope you enjoy the podcast thanks for listening and supporting this and i'll see you soon cheers james thanks for listening let's get into the episode hello and welcome to the winging it travel podcast and this week i'm joined by b from the flight attendant podcast as stated in the podcast name b is a flight attendant and travels the usa and the world frequently with her job today we're going to hear about that job all the things you want to know when you sit on the airplane the podcast and also some favourite parts of the world. B, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you, John? Yeah, not too bad, Nick. It's not too bad. So we don't know each other, but we are in this like podcast group on Instagram that we right. sort of frequently messaging with maybe like 10 or 12 other podcasts, right? Yeah, yeah. We're S1A. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's quite cool to be part of that. We sort of support each other with our podcast posts and Instagram and all that sort of stuff. Um, but I'm going to kick off here by saying we can't actually mention your airline and that's obviously for security reasons and for contractual reasons. So we won't be mentioning any specifics in terms of that, but we're going to ask some questions that you can answer. I'm all open to whatever you have to ask. <laughs> cool. So B, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you actually based in the US? Where do you live? So I'm, um, I'm originally from Michigan, but I've been based in Chicago for 14 years and that's yeah. what I fly in and out of and just all over the US. I really don't like to do international flying for work just because then you have to come through customs and that's just a hassle. Oh, okay. That's another <laughs> question I had in the bank. Because <laughs> yeah. you always see them, like the flight attendants go through the separate queue, right? With the, with the pilot sometimes. But is that still yeah. a bit of a... Bit it's of a still nightmare? a hassle. Yeah, it's still a hassle because um, a lot of us carry food especially the U.S. carriers, you know, like we just have multiple day, day trips. And if we bring our own lunch, we have to either eat it before we go international or like, or, you know, before we come back into the States or we have to pack things that we're able to claim in our, in our agenda forms so that it doesn't get taken away or we don't get fined. Bloody hell. So you don't have, so you don't actually eat the plain food for like lunch? Not me. I, I, oh, okay. I honestly, I, I couldn't. There's, you know, <laughs> I, I did that. I think like the first couple of years I did that and I gained weight and oh. it's just not, it, there's no nutritional value in it for us, at least the ones that we're able to eat. And it's just a lot of junk food that we just decide to bring our own food anyway. <laughs> Interesting. But what about long haul? Would you do that long haul? Yeah. If you did like a, a like overseas or something like that, I, I wouldn't bring any food. But okay. um, but because I just do trips in the US, I just I bring my own stuff. Fair. And you stated before that you don't do long haul or international 
for work what what's the reason there like well like I said like you since I I mostly do so we do uh, trips more towards South America rather than overseas it's it's just easier to not do them so that we're not having to at least for me not having to come back with all that food that I can't bring through <laughs> and eating out just adds up so much at the end of the day so it's just easier for me to bring my own food I have sensitivity to a lot of foods as well oh. so there's the things that I just can't eat yeah fair enough and not not exclusively but you're predominantly US is that what you say or, yes. or just the Americas yeah. maybe just the Americas mostly and as for people who are maybe European based we're pretty much in the same time zone there's like three hours difference right between west and mm-hmm. uh, you guys in the east um at most so it's not too bad right yeah, the way like we go from here when I go out to LA, it's like a three. I hate going. I seem to just kind of do the same the same time zone because I hate going to the West Coast because of the time difference and then coming back. And it's like I lose three hours just coming back into my own base in order to have like a day off or something. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Okay, that's interesting because uh, I've got a question about that actually. So let's go sure. into the first question from my friend. So this guy is called um, Frank Paladis. He's French Canadian. He's actually hitchhiking in Pakistan and Afghanistan at the minute, <laughs> and he's flying to Kenya oh. this week. And he had a question. It is about time zones. Like, how do you deal? with maybe going to different time zones on maybe the same day? Do you go like into new one and back into your old one? Like, or even day to day? How do you deal with that? Any tips? Yeah, it depends. Um, for, for me, if I have to go to the West Coast, I make sure to have, it's only a two hour difference, but it really makes a huge difference in my internal clock if I actually keep my clock on my time zone. So if I, if I leave Chicago around like 6am and I land around 8am, I'm landing around 10am. So then when I go to sleep, I just go to sleep at my regular sleep time. So that way I'm not missing my actual internal clock so that I can get a good night's sleep. Um, now when I go, when I go overseas, cause I like to go overseas over to Europe and stuff for my vacations, I work trips that have red eyes. So that way, like my clock is a little bit off in terms with like, or it's off in the States, but it's within the time zone of Europe. So that way, when I get there, I don't have like that jet lag, if that makes sense. So you're, you're kind of like getting into new time zone ASAP. Right. So that right. way. So I'll work overnight flights in the States. That way my, my clock is Got getting it. used to being awake at the opposite. Yeah, times. yeah, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. It's interesting. So, so this Friday night, so let's say I'm PST, so I'm Pacific Standard mm-hmm. Time. I'm flying back to UK overnight. And there's one yeah. problem here. I can't sleep on planes. <laughs> <laughs> so what happens with me when I go to Europe and I go yeah. Friday night, so I'm leaving here about 6 p.m., well, half five. Right because of the time difference, they're eight hours ahead, right? So I don't land mm-hmm. until 10, to 11 a.m. their time. But I've missed right. a whole night's sleep. And it really right. fucks me up. Like, I I probably get into my home city probably around 3 p.m. their time. Mm-hmm. But I've had no sleep for almost, like, a day. And it really is, yeah. like, quite tough. So I would say, I mean, you can take melatonin. That's oh, yeah. I've seen people yeah. take melatonin. Um the when I go overseas, sometimes I take Virgin Atlantic and they just pump me up on alcohol and then I pass out and then I'm good to go in the morning. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
<laughs> Those girls are, are great. The, guy, the, the, the flight attendants that work in Atlantic. Um, they're like, have this one, have this drink and try this one. And try, you know, uh, it just, so um, otherwise I would say like sleep during the day before you head out yeah. to your flight. That would be the only thing that way when you get back to the UK, you're not, you know, undercompensated with your sleep. Yeah, it's a problem, right? Because I work during the day, so I can't sleep during the day. So I'm gonna have to do I'm gonna have to do a full work day and then about it's ten past five the flight. So in UK time that is like one ten AM, right? Yeah, in the morning. But if I could sleep on planes, not a problem. I'll get on the plane, go to sleep, right? You just get on it, get on with it, but I can't. So yeah, I'm actually going through UK nighttime awake. Yeah. And then a whole K whole UK daytime awake until I get until and I just... try and hang on. Then just stay awake until you get to you know eight PM in the yeah, UK time. That's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think with age it gets harder. Um, I think yeah. I, I really do think that I've noticed it. I'm a. I actually get really very little sleep when sleep when I travel for vacation because I'm just so excited for it. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. it doesn't even matter. <laughs> but I totally understand what you mean. But I totally get your rule about doing that. Yeah, yeah. I've I've heard that before, and yeah. I think if you can do that, especially for long haul, yeah, that right. really helps. I've got questions in my mind. You mentioned vacation as a flight attendant. How much do you get per year? It really depends on the company. My company, yeah. um, I get three weeks vacation a year. I have no uh, minimum requirement for flying a month, which also helps. So if I want to take vacation, it would be technically quote unquote unpaid. If I want to rearrange my days to where I don't work the month or I don't work certain days and um, I can take as much time as I want, but paid vacation is only three weeks. Got it. So can you work maybe like a month where you maybe do all your shifts at the start of the month and have yeah. the second half and your vacation time and have it like a bit more extended? Right. Yeah. So what a lot of flight attendants do is exactly do that. They work about 15 days straight and then they take 30 days off. So like from the middle of June to the middle of July, and then they work the end the middle of july to the end of july right got it yeah so you can kind of manipulate then, it yeah right and that would still depending on how much you actually work during those first 15 and the last 15 days of each other months then you could basically kind of end up with a similar paycheck as if you were just working throughout the month on a regular basis right so is it paid by like how many shifts you do or is it by hours like how's that so, work yeah so most U.S. carriers, I know that there's been some um, articles out there that Delta started paying their flight attendants for boarding time. But generally speaking, no U.S. carriers at least get paid during boarding. So we check in for our, for our trip or for a day of flying and we start getting per diem at that time. Yeah. And so that goes about 24 hours of, until we get back into the base that we're based at. And then we only get paid once the door closes after boarding and the plane has pushed back from the gate. Right. And then that's when we get start play, paying our flight hourly rate. So right. that's like at a much higher rate. So uh, okay. So if you so if you fly, so the credit the credit of our trips can vary anywhere from like nine hours if it's a two day trip to like twenty eight hours if it's like a four day trip. Got it. So those are those 28 hours are flight hours that you're constantly flying. 
but you can be away from base like 83 hours. And then those 83 hours, then you get paid the per diem 24 hours a day until you get back to base. Right. So there's a different rate for being at base and for flying. Right. Right. Got it. Didn't know that. I I, I naively thought it's a flat rate. You just work what you work and then. Okay. I wish it would be so much easier. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds really complicated. (laughs) It's like, this is how much I made because I'm away from base, but then I really only flew this this much. And then, you know, it shouldn't be as hard as it is. No, it just sounds so, I'm I'm trying to work out my mind. It just sounds too complicated. (laughs) Can't deal with it. And how long have you been doing flight attending for? Uh, 14 years. It's 14 years. Okay. Yeah, 14 years. It'll be 15 this, this year, I think. Oh, wow. It's quite a long time. Yeah. Yeah, quite a long time. You must have seen and so, heard yeah. a lot of stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have seen quite a lot of things. <laughs> Which we are going to get onto. Don't worry, listeners. We are getting there. Yeah, yeah. I've got a whole list here. Actually, one of the first questions, and we talked about this a little, little bit in that Instagram group today about the competition and about the, sh- the staff shortages. But mm-hmm. one person who is Marie from the Culture Cult Travel Show, she's a podcaster, mm-hmm. she's like saying it's quite competitive to get into like any advice maybe for any budding flight attendants that maybe want to get started into this industry don't get discouraged um it doesn't have it doesn't happen right away for everybody but i think the main thing is is just not to get discouraged if it's something that you want to do definitely keep at it even if you think that this one airline might be the perfect fit for you it might not you might still be trying to find something else that could work for you and your lifestyle the main thing is to not get upset or mad because the airline that you wanted didn't pick you. It just maybe not the right time for you to be with that airline. It, it, there's just a lot of things. I applied to so many airlines before I started flying and I thought it was going to be, you know, just go up there and get hired. But there is so much that we don't see behind the scenes as far as like what people are actually looking for. And it could just be that, that you are like an introvert, but, and you didn't like engage with anybody. Mm. And that could be something that the company is looking for. It could be that you maybe didn't speak out at your interview when you're doing like a group project it just, it could be anything. So when I went to my interview with the airline that I'm at, I was myself, I think, and I engaged with people. We had to, we had to stay there for, I think like eight or 10 hours. It seemed like a whole work day. Yeah. And we, they gave us, they gave us time to go to lunch. So like I, I had been speaking to other girls and I was like, let's go get lunch. So like we all went to get lunch. I was just being myself. And I think that really helped because I'm, I'm kind of like an introvert extrovert, if that makes any sense. Like, yeah, but at the same time, it's like, you kind of also need to engage, especially in this industry. Yeah, because I, I guess, essentially, it's like customer service, right? You are right, right. serving the, the customers on the airplane. And I guess, right, when I've been in jobs like that, you do have to be a bit out there and a bit, I'm not gonna say bubbly, but you do have to be a bit talkative, maybe offer a solution, maybe offer like, it could be anything, but like, I, I do get what you're saying there. Right, right. Yeah, it's just, uh, it just, like I said, it just depends on what the airline is actually looking for. So like, for example, I'm not going to name any airlines because Mm. I don't specifically know like what they're looking for. But if it's something if it's like a legacy, and I'm strictly speaking of the US legacy airlines, because that's what I know. Yeah, Um, they're more looking towards like, 
um, customer service versus there's this other ones that are not legacy that are more safety driven, right? Because okay. at the end of the at the end of the day, our first our first priority is the safety of the aircraft. Yeah. However, when you're at a legacy, they kind of seem to just cater more to their customer base versus right. their safety if it's not a legacy. Do you find that if you're into like a maybe a smaller airline initially, you're, you're working as, mm-hmm. with them, that's quite a good gateway maybe to go to one of the big ones. I'm talking like British Airways or Emirates. Like, like is it better to get like into them if you're like in a small one first or is it completely random? Like if someone's never worked before and applied, but you've been 14 years at your one, and applied would you have an advantage or is it not working like that it's it doesn't really it, and it certainly helps as far as experience goes for your own personal growth yeah. however the airlines don't really look at it like that they don't take this airline is based on seniority it's all based on seniority so they don't say they don't say oh you've been working x amount of years at this airline so we're going to apply this experience towards you no you have to start again at the bottom of the barrel yeah so working for a smaller airline it could help you you just kind of like see if you actually like the job because going to a major like british airways or lufthansa or an international one it's a completely different lifestyle than working for a regional here in the states so mm-hmm. it's a big change and it's not necessarily gonna your experience will not like transfer over but it'll help you grow in your experience in your personal experience got it yeah we did meet some flight attendants um from emirates in vietnam mm-hmm. and they were staying in like these five-star hotels and we're like staying in this hostel <laughs> and yeah. they're like yeah we've got we've got an allowance we're here for three or four days we're out for like night out tonight and yeah different different world um i guess Definitely. that would be that would vary from different airline right that sort of maybe lifestyle but again they are long hauls so i guess they would have to stay there for a bit they can't just yeah, do one yeah. and then do another, right? It'd be, it'd be impossible. It yeah. I don't think that. I don't think I could do that. Like eight, you know, sixteen hours back to back. I would. It'd be too much. Yeah, I guess uh, the advice is maybe just to apply. I guess there's plenty of jobs yeah. out there. Uh, yeah, there's plenty. I mean, right now everybody has shortage. Everyone is hiring, so just keep applying, and the right fit will come. It you know, it doesn't have to be the one that you've always wanted to work for, because they might not even have the base where you want. They might not have the flexibility of the schedule that you need for, you know, for what you have it going on in your personal life. And that's a big part of it. You know, you have to be flexible. They will ask you, are you willing to relocate? And it'll be out of your own pocket because they Mm. can't pay everybody to relocate to every base. You know, thankfully for me, I already lived in Chicago or in the area. So I really didn't have to go far, but flight attendants have been displaced to other bases that they're not from and then they have to come out of pocket and then there comes hardship and they can't move back and then that just kind of crushes their dream which is sad yeah that's pretty sad it's also interesting to think about that because my european listeners like being based somewhere in the us is different like if you if you're based in california to texas like your tax is going to be different your wage might be different i don't know if a wage is different but like in the UK or Europe, you just paid once and your tax is the same. You don't have to do your taxes, right? right? But Canada, right. US, you do. So I wonder if that would have a part to play in Oh, yeah, for relocating. sure. Yeah, especially because for me, I I don't live in Chicago proper. I live in, in a different state, with which is like still driving distance to Chicago. Uh, okay. so, I get, so I get taxed in my state. 
Right. Um, and I don't have to pay Chicago taxes. Oh. But if I lived in Chicago, then I would have to pay Illinois taxes. Yes. Now, and then it, but and then now it, within that same thing, like if you lived in California but, but are based somewhere else, you'd still have to pay California taxes. Which are which, high. <laughs> which is which exactly yeah. high. And so it's just it, it's it's hard. Texas, Texas, Florida, I think are two states that don't have state they taxes, don't. which is yeah, great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or Washington and, State. That's another one. If you if you yeah. think about this. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So um a lot of we have a base in Chicago or in Dallas and and we have a couple in Florida. So that's like great for people who like the heat. I hate it, so I don't <laughs> <laughs> and working on the job, got some questions coming up here, but you're working with pilots. So yeah. question about pilots is I think the outsiders, I guess the people who don't work in the industry would say maybe pilots have a bit of a elevated status they, they dress in a uniform they walk through the airport got the caps on yeah. they got the little badges and stuff so, do they act like that <laughs> <laughs> so it's very hit or miss uh or actually i shouldn't say hit or miss but there's a small percentage of pilots who do think that they are god and yeah. it's because of the perception of the, you know they fly the planes and all of the pilots have put in into their career you know they 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 either went to college for it yeah. they went to flight school they paid a lot of money to become pilots yeah they're also highly intelligent don't tell them i said this right no they're like they're intelligent um and with that also there's this awkwardness to to them because they're very nerdy they're very into like math and science and physics because yeah. they are flying the plane um, so it's more of like a misunderstanding that some of them think they're God. And then some of them are just very nerdy and introvert and very socially awkward that they really don't know how to talk to you. And they yeah. try to make jokes and they try to joke with you. And then there's this very small percentage who kind of like fall like right in between where they're cool enough not to be arrogant. And then they're like nerdy enough to be like cool. <laughs> and that's like, the kind of people that I'm friends with. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can joke with you, but you're kind of still like, you know. Because there's, there's some yeah. pilots who make like some funny comments on the tannoy, right? When they're like maybe describing yeah. somewhere or, or what a flight's going to be like. Like you sometimes right. get that where it makes the the cabin laugh, if you like. And sometimes they're just super quiet and just a bit bit serious, which is fine. Like, straight way. to the point. Yeah, straight to the point. You can tell yeah, you can tell the difference between like the cool ones and then the nerdy ones and then the just arrogant ones. Uh, when you hear them on the PA because the cool ones will try to like make some sort of joke or you know welcome or you like you can hear the the warmness in their voice. Mm. And then the the nerdy ones are just kind of like more shy. And then the really arrogant ones are just like the ones that drone on and on about, you know, flight time and temperature and takeoff time and you know all that stuff yeah yeah i get you and also some of them are quite quiet yeah. that's what yeah they, like um, they're they're taught to be just like mumble yeah yeah like say it louder i want to hear what you say yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> i had one yesterday he was really nice he was but he was like on the socially awkward yeah. side where he just he would try to make a joke and it just did not it did not hit every single. <laughs> yeah, there's also that. That is terrifying because if you do try and make a joke on the tannoy and it's like, I don't know, fringe of people there, and like they just like, oh, it's not that funny. It's a bit of a. Yeah. There's one flight the other day actually. I'll tell you this. That was on 
in Canada. So we're flying from Calgary to Vancouver. I think it's that way around. The flight attendant, who is the, maybe the lead one, I don't know what you call the, the, mm-hmm. the top one in the cabin yeah. who yeah takes control. She was taking the piss out of the pilot for looking like James Corden. <laughs> and she said to everyone, like, if you get a chance as you leave the plane, just take a look at the pilot. He looks like James Corden. It's quite funny. <laughs> like, and everyone's like, oh, OK. As I say, in Canada, you have to do French and English. So mm-hmm. she'd done the English p- portion and she's like, kind of messed up a few lines. And she went, mm-hmm. right, I obviously can't speak in English that well. So I'm just going to press play on the French part and you can listen to that instead. It's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> quite cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it just it's it's good when you can joke around with the pilots because at the end of the day, they're the ones flying the plane. <laughs> they are also, especially the captain, he is the last one off the plane when we have to do an emergency evacuation. Yeah, so. and this might be controversial, this comment, but I'm going to say it anyway. You say fly mm-hmm. the plane, but do they though? I mean, it's autopilot. <laughs> well, I mean, they you know, there's <laughs> autopilot, <laughs> but they do have to land it and take off. <laughs> True. My friend at Airbus tell me that sometimes autopilot lands the plane as well. Yeah, so we actually have Airbuses at my airline, and it and it's regulatory that they have to let let the autopilot land yes. just to like test it every once in a while, so that you know to make sure that it's working properly in case the pilots can't land. Yeah, and she said to me as well. You, the way you notice is that if you, when you come to land, I don't know if this is true or not. But what she told me is true. You'll hear. When it's close to landing, you'll hear a bit of, not, or maybe feel a bit of a shudder. And that's when either the pilot's taken over manually and he's going to land a plane. And if you don't really feel that, autopilot's doing it. So it's like, mm-hmm. so when you're on a plane and he's like a bit of a shudder, you're like, oh God, yeah, the pilot's landing. And she knows every flight. <laughs> so she's right. like, right, okay, I'm just going to sit here and hope the pilot lands the flight. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, we, I, we actually, I don't think I feel them anymore, but I do hear um, there's a, like a triple chirp from the flight deck that we know when the autopilot's coming off. And like, that's when I know that the pilots are, I'm like, okay, we're about to land. Like we're approaching now. <laughs> right, okay, got it. Yeah. And do you have like a secret language on the flight, flight attendants? Like maybe flight if you att- wanna <laughs> talk about someone or you wanna maybe say something, maybe not to alert the, the customers, like do you have like a little language that you agree to? Oh yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I really can't speak too much of that, but we definitely yeah. have ways to communicate with each other without the passengers knowing exactly <laughs> what we're saying or when we talk about certain people. And then a lot of us are bilingual, so we just kind of speak in the other language. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Do you speak another language? I do. I speak Spanish. Spanish. Okay, got it. Yeah. 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 I guess that might be quite handy if you're in the Americas, right? A lot. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So okay. Yeah. And it just and you just hear it going down and like or the look. We always have like the look and it, the masks have been so helpful in masking <laughs> our actual facial expression. Because <laughs> so, I've gotten this next yeah. bit on my notes is bad habits. So okay. I, tell you, I tell you some ones that I say that I hate and I see if you can mm-hmm. maybe agree or keen to get your thoughts yeah. on it. What really annoys me pre-boarding, mm-hmm. right? I talked to my mate about this the other day, normally you have zones. So child and family assistance, maybe people who need actual assistance first, zones one, two, three, four. Right. And then what happened the other day is when we were queuing to go to Canada, I was like, why are all these people queuing up? They don't know what zone, they're probably in zone four, but they're like queuing up before zone right. one. So what happens was they called zone one, anyone zone one, please come forward. And you get this point in this queue where people are looking around going, are you, are you zone one? Are you? And I was like, Emma, I'm just going to go straight through. And I just walked straight to the front and she's like, you just cut up by a hundred people. I'm like, yeah, because they've got to decide, are they zone two or three? Because they're queuing up too early. 
that's a bad Correct. habit that I hate. That is in the, in the gate area. That is one bad habit because you just, I, I don't understand why people are waiting. Even yeah. when people, yeah. when the, when the, when the previous flight is planning, they're all still gathering. It's like, where are you going? You can't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You are going to get on the flight. It's, it's a right. weird, weird mentality. Yeah. So um, some of the bad habits that I've seen, it's uh, what that that's one. I feel like it starts before you get on the plane. Yeah. Um, the second one is going to the bathroom as soon as you get on the plane. Like you're the first person oh, on the plane and yeah. then you have to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Like, have you not been standing out there? Like, were you one of my, you know, my, my gate lies up there? <laughs> um, and I have to stop doing this because, I, you know, it looks bad on me. I'm like, oh, are the bathrooms and the terminals being serviced or like, you can't go up there and she was like oh no but what happens is a lot of people they're sitting down and they don't want to move because they don't want to give up the spot because everybody's looking for a place to sit yeah and so you know like they hold on until the very last moment and they come on the plane very quick on that one there's one caveat to that for me Hmm. once before flight this was in new zealand to cook islands yeah i got really ill i don't know why i ate I don't get nervous, so it wasn't like nerves. I yeah. I was going to toilet uh, too much information here, but I was going to toilet quite a lot, and I was like, "Fuck!" There's going to be that period of time when we have to leave that the area before, and before right. the belt sign comes off. There's going to be about twenty minutes here where we're all getting on the plane, we're all belted up, and we're all going to go. But I'm like, "But I might need to go," but you can't because you're supposed to get in and belt up, right? right? So maybe sometimes if you've got like right. trouble downstairs, that might be a problem. And that's and that's totally okay. Like at that, like bathroom emergencies, I get. Yeah. But it's the ones that come on board first and then they go to the bathroom. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. It's like <laughs> it's like you you're the first person to board my plane and you have to go to the bathroom already. I, I understand completely like I was last on the movements. plane. Right, right. <laughs> Like, and I've had some people, <laughs> no, and I've had some people like literally coming down the jet bridge, running down because they're, it's the last call and they got held up at security and yeah. they weren't able to go to the bathroom. That's like a completely different story. I'm talking about the other end where people normal. are yeah, right coming on the plane first or like towards the beginning. And they're like, can I go to the bathroom? It's like, were you just not out there? <laughs> like we still have, you know, like 30 more minutes before you can go back out. I mean, that's, okay. that's, I think that's the first one. And I feel like a lot of flight attendants will agree with me on this one. Um, yeah. The second one is opening up the overhead bins that are already closed to put on their luggage. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So when you first come on board for us, we close certain bins because they have emergency equipment yeah. or because it's like the first few rows like first class and stuff where we should like people like to put their bags and then walk all the way to the back yeah and it's like for myself at least I would like my bags to be close to where I am so I don't understand how some people just like leave their bags in the front and then beeline it towards the back and it says on the overhead bin door do not or no storage allowed emergency equipment it says in, in English and in Spanish <laughs> and people are like just opening it and it's like you can't put it there. They tried to put, they try, they've tried to put backpacks, mm. sweaters, everything with one of our additional life rafts that we have. Yeah. And it's like if anything hits that life raft the wrong way, it's just gonna blow up or you know like blow out here in yeah. the mid, you know in the middle of the cabin. It's gonna injure someone. Yeah. Also, people not reading their ticket for their seat number. 
that's quite oh that, yeah quite a lot i can't i i don't get it there's only one airline in the states that has no seating assignments that's oh one, just one airline oh okay and every single other airline has assigned seating yeah. right yeah, yeah they'll come on board they're like so i can just sit whenever and i'm like no you have a seat assignment yeah it says it on your boarding pass but they Number, can't they get confused letter. follow it really <laughs> really lot, strange a lot of them a lot of them will read the gate number as their seat number and oh, then they're God. like there's someone sitting in my seat and i'm like no you have this seat over here this is the gate number they're like oh okay thank you it's Bloody it's it, it's irritating that's scary <laughs> actually can't read your ticket yeah and yeah any other habits that maybe we shouldn't do? Telling somebody that's my seat before putting your bags in the overhead bin. So okay. let's say yeah. you're so let's say you're in the window or in the middle seat and I'm sitting in the aisle and you're like, I'm sitting right there. And then I get up to let you in. And then you're like, oh, but I have to put my bags up. Got it. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. It's like you could like put your bags up unless you're holding something. And then I'm like, excuse me, like, I'm just gonna put this there. So it's not, you know, or I put it on the floor and I put my bags up and then I'm like, okay, I'm sitting right there. But that just like kind of holds up the whole process because now you have two people standing in the aisle, people are trying to get by you. Mm. And lately people are not considerate of, we only have this much space to go around you. So I'm gonna just push through while you're trying to put your bags up and then there's somebody else standing there. It just causes chaos. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And I, I, yeah. I just wouldn't do that. I'll just put it there first and say, hey. Right. Who knows? Um, and then okay. I do have one last one. Yeah, one go on. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, far away. This is, this is for people who are traveling together who don't make the effort to get seats together and then expect the gate agents or the flight attendants to sit them together and displace other people that paid for their seats or, you know, paid yeah. to be able to sit together. So yeah, I've actually to move a few today. times for families. Yeah, I've been asked to yeah. move because I, I, I sometimes travel alone and sometimes, yeah. like, oh, can you sit over there? And like, oh, well, I can do, yeah, but <laughs> yeah, that yeah. is annoying actually. That's like, that's like the, I just had that happen today because this family didn't manage it properly and they came mm. on last and they were like, well, we want to sit together because we have a baby. And it's like, did you like all these other people manage to get here on time and get their seat? Why couldn't you? Right. So, yeah, okay. That's a... Yeah, that's good to know. And I've got experiences here as well. So habits are different to experiences. You must have sure. experienced a few things. Uh, I'll tell you the worst thing I've seen. That same Cook Islands flight, actually, New Zealand, the one I mentioned where mm -hmm. I was a bit ill. This yeah. couple had a, was she a toddler? Maybe one years old while they're getting themselves sorted they yeah, must be a baby because they couldn't walk they put the baby like sideways so you know the seats are sitting like this right mm. they put it sideways and it fell off the seats mm -hmm. and fell onto the floor as thud happens and we're like yeah what are they doing and like the baby was then re like crying <laughs> like mad and you know it went bad because right. they're one, one of the tenants is like oh is there like a nurse or a doctor on board you're like oh shit that's gone <laughs> that's not good but right. like have you experienced anything like maybe like medical stuff like like that before Oh, tons of medicals. Yeah. yeah. So every year, every year we have to go get recertified to be able to fly, to continue flying every year. Yeah. And it just, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it, if I bring it onto myself or I don't know what it is, but every year before I have to go to my yearly certification, I end up having at least one or two medical emergencies, a trip before, like right. the month before I go. So that's about 10 or 12 emergencies. Yeah. before I go. So I'm like super fresh <laughs> in my mind. Uh, the most recent one I had, I had, I was flying from Vegas back to Chicago and it was 
a red eye, so overnight flight. And it was me and I was flying with three friends and everything was fine. Everything was so smooth. The pilot came on and said, flight attendants prepare for landing. So everyone's sleeping, but we need people to have their seatbelt on. We need to have everything put away. And as I'm walking to the back, I tell one of the other girls, I was like, hey, I told the guy in six to, you know, sit down and stuff. So give him a moment because he's still kind of waking up. And she's like, okay. So I continued going back towards the, towards my seat in the back of the plane. And then I'm putting away my things in my bags in the back. And then all of a sudden I hear, I see this one passenger just like erratically waving her hands. And then my other flight attendant that I told that this guy was still getting up, she's like leaned over said passenger. And then all of a sudden, like I hear the call bell going off and I was like, Oh my gosh, what is going on? (laughs) So my flight, (laughs) my flight attendant in the back, he was in the bathroom and then I don't, I can't remember what the one in the front was doing. So I'm like, oh, so I'm like rushing over there. This guy is, has, is having like a full on seizure. He's like oh. foaming at the mouth. And I'm just like, oh, my. oh. so oh. yeah, it was insane. So then like, he's heavy and she's like short, shorter than I am. And I'm not, you know, like I'm not very tall, but I'm a little bit more, you know, oh, we have a little more muscle. We're both trying to get him. He falls onto the ground. We try to get him out of the, out of like the seats in between the seats. And then finally we hit the bell again. Um, the flight attendant in the front calls for a medic. Yeah. And then the flight attendant in the back finally comes out of the bathroom and he, he comes and helps us move. Um, sadly, my flight attendant in the front had just had a casualty on board not too too uh too long prior so he was like just white as a ghost and i was like just call the captain and you take care of all the paperwork and he'll deal with this uh he was not in the mental place to be helping us actively so we finally got him on and this is all within a matter of like three minutes wow (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So, so the one passenger that was like waving her hands erratically, I'm so sorry to ask you this, but we have to go sit down. Can you like stand with him? Cause he was like, we finally got him to sit down again. And can you please stand with him for landing? And she goes like, you want me to stand? I was like, I'm so sorry I ask you this, but I, we can't. She's like, yeah, that's fine. So she like held him, but she was standing as he was sitting. And yeah. if you ever get a chance to do that, not in an emergency, do it because it's like a really weird feeling to be standing up while you're landing. Yeah, because um, it never happens. So we all right? like kind of ran yeah. to our seats, barely made it. Right. And we landed. And as soon as we touched down, we got up again and kind of resumed our things that we needed to do to help them. He was fine. He finally came to in a good way. And then paramedics were meeting us at the gate. Okay. So when you say your other flight attendant friend who had a casualty do you mean someone died yes bloody hell does that happen yeah yeah that happens yeah what so the we hell can't... yeah so oh. it happens i hasn't thankfully knock on wood hasn't happened to me but it has happened to a few people i know is that that's like you know heart attacks or strokes and stuff like that is it yeah and it's mostly um sadly it's elderly people who come from like a third world country back back into the states to like be with their families and the family either sends them by themselves uh, and right. they, like, there's a language barrier and i feel like it's just a, a lot of things going on uh with that but i've had at least in the past like two years i know like three people that had 
casualties on their flights. Yeah. yeah. We can't we can't say that they passed away on the flight, but you know, they passed away on the flight. Yeah, yeah, got it, got it, got it. Have you experienced like anything a bit like I'll say naughty here, like people shouldn't be doing stuff, smoking in the toilets is a classic one. Maybe people getting frisky in the toilets. Like has that does that occur quite frequently or not? Is that just a bit of a myth? Uh no, it happens all the time. <laughs> Sadly. So, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's sad for them because they get fined, uh, oh. especially smoking. I, yeah. yeah. Smoking in the, in the lavatory is I think a uh, $2,500 fine. Yeah. Just it, that's just, even if you literally light it up and put it out, that's an automatic 2,500. It wow. doesn't matter if you actually smoked it. The, if if smoke alarm went off in the lavatory or in the cabin, it's an automatic 2,500. Mm um as far as joining like the mile high club yeah that's one of the questions it. yeah yeah kind of treat it a little more discreetly just because it is public indecency so it just uh. kind of and you know if there's families around there's children and things like that um we just don't want to make it you know big scene about it because yeah. then phones start coming out oh, and, of course yeah um, yeah 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 so you know, we at those at those time we call the captain. We let them know. They call law enforcement, and then instead of the law enforcement coming on before and taking people off, they just wait for them out in the jet bridge, and that way it doesn't like draw attention to it. Are they arrested, or it's fine for that? It depends on what they actually do. So, like, right. if they're compliant and you know they understand this, you know, the gravity of the situation, they probably just only get fined. But if they're like, "Oh, I didn't do that," they're lying, you know, and then it just escalates from there. They'll probably get taken to jail for the night. What is the mentality there? Like, what, what, is it just to say they've done it? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I don't understand. Trust me, I don't understand either because the lavatories are nasty it is not water on the floor that's all i'm saying i mean there's bumps men go in there they cannot aim there's children that go in there clearly boys cannot aim so i'm not sure i don't know what it is there are there are airlines or not airlines not commercial airlines but there are private pilots who will rent out their um their planes to take you up so you can join the mile high club i feel like that's so much hygienic thing to do got it and private if that's what you're looking for that's like yeah just for people who've got money yeah exactly okay three thousand dollars to burn wow i'm not saying good to know but it's it's interesting to me (laughs) Um, (laughs) and what is like maybe the perfect passenger if you like i guess that is just like read your seat number put your bag away like nice and orderly maybe not make too much of a yeah. fuss keep your seatbelt on oh yeah people walking when a seatbelt sign on hate that oh yeah that's like why, a tip, yeah why can't you at read this the point sign? i'm just like well the thing is that at this point i'm just like i've already told you the seatbelt sign is on yeah my company my airline is not taking liability if you get hurt i will help you but you're on your own yeah. that's basically it um no i think our favorite passengers are um, I actually just had a really good one the other day. It was her first time flying. And when I was making all my announcements, she was, she was looking at me and she was like nodding her head, like her head, like, yeah. Oh, I get this. Okay. Like that makes sense. I feel like just being mindful of everything around you is just better than anything. And most often than not, you only remember the bad passengers you don't really remember the good ones or like yeah. the really good ones or the perfect ones and it's sad because there's a lot more good passengers than there are bad passengers yeah i think that leads me to the next question there must be some rude passengers in, in your time right 
some ones that have been nasty or causing problems. Oh, yeah, definitely. Especially, yes. Yeah, especially like these past couple of years with the masks, it was as the flight crew and as cabin crew, it was it was hard because for us, it was, or you know, everywhere around the world, you had to wear mm. a mask for for your flights and in public transportation. And because it was so politicized, people didn't want to, especially in the States. They were yeah. like, this is America and I can do what I want. It's the land of the free, but it's like, it's not like, you have to understand, like, it's not my rule. I'm not making this rule just because yeah. I don't want you to show me your face. It, it, and it just became especially in, in the States is a lot of entitlement when it comes to yes. flying yeah. and the companies propagated that because it, it, it started in the nineties when companies were like, the customer is always right. The customer mm. is always right. And it just created a culture of entitled people, not just yeah. in the airlines, just across all service industry. But it was yesterday before I had a passenger who we had two seats that were inoperable and they were not safe to sit in because one of the hinges of the, the seats were not was not properly tightened and they didn't have the part for it so they nobody could sit there yeah and she goes like well where is my son supposed to sit and i said it will be easier and faster if you go up to the front and ask where your son is sitting because i can't leave the plane perfect like I, it's a federal regulation that we have to have a certain number of flight attendants in order to be boarding the plane and if okay. somebody leaves then we can't continue boarding and she goes like well it's your job and i said no ma'am my job is to keep you safe yeah nobody can sit there because it's not safe so that that my job ends there and then she started screaming at me and i said and i said to her husband i was like it'll be easier if you go to the front and check and he goes like well why and i said because this is an oversold flight and if you wait until the very end you might not have a seat wow yeah and he goes are you threatening me and i said no i'm just letting you know <laughs> be faster if you just go check he went up there to go check and he came back within like two seconds it it just it just escalated for no reason yeah like, i don't know why I people do like, that i don't know what about like first class people? What are they like? Or business class as well? It really depends. I feel the ones that are, are the most humble are the ones that have the most money. Oh, okay. If that be, yeah, yeah. Because like if because they know, I feel like that I've seen the ones that are entitled are the ones that got upgraded or the ones that are using their points or the ones that ah. just got enough money to do it. You know? Yeah, yeah. And, every, and they never do it. So they think they have to act entitled. The ones that are truly have flown business or business or first class all their life are the nicest ones there's something makes sense you know a few and far in between yeah okay that you, makes you, sense you can see the difference <laughs> and another another group of people and so the last question about group of people this mm -hmm. happens a lot in europe sports people sports fans oh yeah you, you, yeah they must be a bit rowdy and a bit um i don't know what, what's that like also depends on the area too because if it's if it's somebody if they're going to a game it's definitely yeah. rowdier than coming back home unless their team lost and yeah. then they're like extremely rowdy but um going to the game it's usually you can tell everybody's wearing the bull shirt or yeah. the bear shirt or you know whatever the cups and you're like, oh, you're going to the game. Oh, you're going to the game. <laughs> and usually they like to drink a lot. Yeah. And and that thankfully we can like cut them off at a certain point. But once they start getting into that rowdiness level, we have to kind of bring them back down. Okay. I've yeah. seen that before. 100%. Yeah. Especially with um, yeah. what you call soccer. Well, I, I call yeah. it football, but 
yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that, yeah. that happens a lot. I call it football too. Ah, fantastic. <laughs> yes. Yeah, go Mexico. Yeah, yeah. Any emergency landings? One. My, I only had one. I've had a lot of aborted landings, which is when we're coming into yeah. approach and it's not safe because it's too windy or there's another plane in front of us that hasn't gotten out of the way and yeah. then we have to take off again. Um, and those ones are interesting because you think you're about to land and you're like, nope, just kidding. And then you got to go back around. <laughs> I was flying a very small plane and I was the only flight attendant and, oh. and I was kind of just, um, I was folding trash bags because there was nothing else to do. And it was a super quick flight. I just finished doing service and we were about to land. The captain, you know, came on and said, get ready for landing. And I'm fully finishing up fully trash bags and 20 minutes go by and I'm like, why are we not landing? So, <laughs> so then I'm like, so I reached for the phone and he was about to call me as well. So the call came through and I was like, Hey, I was just about to call you. What's up? He's like, so we have an issue. And I said, okay. Oh. He's like, don't be alarmed. And I was like, okay, so I should be alarmed. Yeah. Mind you, <laughs> I'm in front of all the passengers and they can see my expression. So I'm like <laughs> just smiling away here. And he said, so our flaps are stuck at a weird degree. And I said, okay. He's like, so we're going to be landing really fast. And I said, okay. And he goes like, we're not declaring an emergency, but just make sure nobody has anything pointy on them. And I said, okay. So then I had to, so then he explained the situation and I had to prepare the cabin as far as people not having their glasses on, not having pens in their pockets, you know, laptops and other devices put away, everything completely, you know, stowed and stuff. And we just landed really, really fast. So it seemed like I was on a roller coaster, which I really enjoy. So I didn't think anything of it, but that was the point where my career kind of changed from me seeing it as like, I'm just here to serve you Coke to like, I'm here for your safety. Right. Got it. Yeah. 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 Was it like that feeling in your stomach when you was like on the roller coaster, like straight down, you know, that stomach feeling? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was like that. (laughs) It was like, you're like us decent. And I'm just like, Oh, okay. So after that, I didn't have to work anymore that day and then i was like okay i'm good let's go <laughs> okay which actually brings me on to the next question of turbulence i listened to your podcast and it said you you sometimes enjoy turbulence i do because it puts me to sleep <laughs> yeah what is that people be shocked by this statement it like rocks you to sleep but you know it's like you're in a in a crib and somebody's rocking you or like in a hammock uh that's where i get my so for me i was going to tell you earlier when you said you can't sleep on the plane but that's when I get the best sleep because it, it just like it soothes me. I don't know if wow. that if you could no. believe that, but it feels a lot worse in the back of the plane that it, it feels in the front. Okay. What's the worst you felt turbulence though? Because some some are like little bumps, some are like drop yeah, little drops, so aren't they? So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I've had really, really bad turbulence. We were doing a flight from Dallas up to Chicago and the captain goes like it's gonna be a little bumpy. And I was like, okay, cool. And then about 30 minutes then he goes like, nope, it's going to be like this the entire time. So we have a scale of how we measure turbulence and it's like one to 10. And he goes, and at the beginning of the flight, it's going to be like, it's going to be about a three or a four when we, you know, when we take off. So just stay seated. And we're like, okay. And then like 30 minutes later, he's like, no, it's going to stay at like nine or a 10 the entire time. Just remain seated. So that we didn't have to do a service. We didn't have to like, we didn't we couldn't get out of our seats because it was pretty turbulent and um 
So it puts us to sleep because it's either early in the morning or late at night. We're tired. We're not doing anything. And we're not used to just sitting there. We're used to like getting up and doing service and, you know, selling drinks. Yeah. And, you know, it's back and forth, trash runs. How do they judge that though? Like, how do they know they'd be turbulent? Is that like previous reports on the same route or do they have like some sort of measurement? Like, I don't know. Like, I have no idea. Yeah. So like, Air traffic control obviously, you know, deals with all of the other airplanes that are in the air at that time. Yeah. And when I go up there, when I go up there during the flight, I can hear other airlines, other flights asking what the weather is like or like what the ride is like at different altitudes. Mm. And so like that's how they measure. That's how they measure it. Also, um, weather comes into play as far as like there's storms. If it's really stormy, then it's going to be yeah. pretty bumpy unless you get above the clouds um if it's like sunny and then we have the the pockets of clear air where we don't see it they're just randomly there yeah and um it's just mostly it's atc and other flights that kind of just communicate with each other on where the good ride is got it okay that makes sense yeah so i do wonder if it's random sometimes but i guess i do know actually sometimes they do warn you like yeah it's gonna it might be a bit bumpy or let's say it's gonna be smooth right yeah yeah okay there's this one tv show um it's called leverage and I watch it all. I'll watch it every now and then, but there was this one episode where the one guy's pretending to be a pilot and he's downstairs, like in the crew area and a captain comes in. He's like, so like, how was the weather coming in? I heard it was bad. And he's like, they're having this inter- interaction. I was like, that's pretty similar as to what the pilots do when one gets off the plane and the other one's going on. <laughs> so. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Get it. Also, I just thought I, I keep thinking of things that's come into my head. So go ahead suitcases i hate them just a random <laughs> fact for you i i'm a backpack yeah. person so when yeah. people come on even with checked or even hand luggage and they got those like real awkward bulky suitcase mm-hmm. type hand luggage i'm like oh it's ne- it can't fit around anything it's like fixed right. and they, right. they're trying to trying to lift it up to put it in the, the compartment right. and they can't do it uh stressful can't deal with it yeah um i mean we have to carry suitcases it's just easier for us as you know, we're walking through the through the terminal. Okay. But I rather have those suitcases than have like a million little backpacks that people bring on the plane. Only mm. because like the backpacking backpacks are great because you know it's like big in there. But yeah. then you have a person that only has a little backpack, and then instead of putting it under their seat, they want to take up the entire overhead bin space. Ask <laughs> so under, under the seat, surely. <laughs> yeah, oh. yeah exactly um but no i totally get it when i travel overseas i take uh I, for leisure i take a um i take a backpack so yeah. it's just is... easier for me to if i'm going from like city to city or just like walking through the plane you know through the airport and stuff that's good to hear uh, i've got a few questions from gap beer diaries podcast they said how do you deal with screaming children it depends on the circumstance and I love, I know a lot of my answers have been like, depends on the scenario, but it really does a lot of things. Most of the time, just kind of tune it out because we're so used to it. It mm. just doesn't even face us anymore. Other times it's the parenting style. Parents just doesn't do anything for their kids. Yeah. Other times um, a lot. And I think maybe when I say like 70% of the time is keep uh, the kids ears are hurting from the yeah. pressure that has an equalized inside of like the their ears so with that if it's if it's the ear thing if they don't have anything to chew on that will help you know just kind of create that 
that equalize their pressure, there's a couple of things that parents can do. There are these things called earplanes, earplanes. earplanes and yeah. so you put them in and it looks like a little, yeah, it looks like a little corkscrew and then it has like a bearing in it. So when you put it in, the bearing goes back and forth, releasing pressure in the ear. Of, and they're wow. actually, they're made for kids and adults. So oh, it's wow. really nice. Yeah. If you get like earaches. Yeah. So like at that point, parents don't know. So like at that point, I grab two cups, plastic cups, and then I have them seal around their ears. And then I have them like just kind of press it down. So to like kind of just like create a suction of the pressure, that way the pressure comes out. And it's really nice to like see the difference of like when they're crying and just visibly upset because it hurts so much. And if the parent's just like sleeping and the kid is crying, I'm like, I'm sorry, I need you to take care of your child. <laughs> Fair. Child is busy or something. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting topic. Unfortunately, I am one of those people when I queue up, when I see kids or babies, I'm like, oh, no, because I can't even sleep. So it's not even a problem for me. You know, people are going to try and sleep and they're going to be like, possibly kept awake by a baby or kid just can't behave. So it can get frustrating. Right. And like I said, it depends on the parenting style, because you see there are some parents that are truly trying to calm their child down and they just can't. Yeah. And you feel bad for the parent because you know they're trying to do their best, but then there's other ones that just completely don't care. I was uh, deadheading on a flight and deadheading is when they're taking a flight attendant from point A to point B. So they're positioning the flight attendant to point B to start working a flight or a pairing. Um, and so I had a seat in like, I think it was like row 10 and I was in the window and then one of my other flight attendants, she was like in row nine, but she was on the other side of the plane on the other window. And behind her, there was a kid who I thought was like seven or eight, but I guess, you know, that wasn't correct. So he kept hitting the back of the seat and the other flight attendant turned over and she's like, ma'am, I'm sorry. Like, can you please make sure that your kid's not hitting the back of the seat? And so <laughs> the mom got really upset and she's like, well, she's just, he's just a kid. And so he did it a couple of times. So she turned around a couple of times. One point, the mom was already sleeping and my other flight attendant woke her up. So now I had the dad and another teenage son next to sitting next to me. So then um, the dad in Spanish was like, she didn't have to be so rude. That's so mean. What? He's just the kid. And I said, sir, like, would, would you like somebody to be kicking your seat yeah, the entire exactly. flight? And he like looked at me and he was like, <laughs> he was like, well, no, but he's just a kid. And I was like, how old is he? Like seven or eight? He's like, well, he's four. I'm like, well, he still understands full sentences now. Yeah. yeah. I was like, how do you expect? So then I was like, how do you expect your child to follow the rules when you and your wife aren't even following the rules? And so my yeah. friend is my other flight attendant is hearing all of this. She was like, you should probably take off your wings. And I was like, I'm not saying anything wrong though. Like <laughs> if you, and so then I was like, I point. said, Right. And I said to him, I was like, there, I have six kids at home. I don't, but I do have six <laughs> nieces and nephews that I babysit regularly. And none of them act this way. Yeah. And he yeah. was like, well, I don't think that, I don't think that's fair because all kids are different. I said, oh yeah, all kids are different. But if it's the parent parenting, it's also the parent. If the parent's not a good parent, then the kid's not going to listen. After that, he just was so upset the entire flight, um, but I didn't say anything wrong. So I was like, go ahead and write it. What are you going to say that I asked you for your kid to stop <laughs> picking the seat? Exactly. And like that, they had a second question that got me diaries was like entitled parent stories like that obviously sounds like one, right? I guess some parents yeah. are quite entitled um, with their kid. Yeah, very. And, like yeah. been told that they're doing like, something but wrong. Like, but I have kids. 
Yeah. Exactly. Oh, they, they ask us, they're like, well, can you tell them? And I'm like, no, you're no. the parent. <laughs> and then they're like, what? I said, ma'am or sir, whoever else. If we have an emergency and something happens to you, now you've made me the bad guy towards your kid. Mm. So if something happens to you and I need to help them, they're not going to want my help because I'm the bad guy. And she goes like, oh, okay. It, you can't like the same instance is like, are you telling your child to listen to a stranger more than to listen to you? Like, does that make sense in your mind? Weird. I don't know. That's just things I think about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Got a good question. I mean, there's here. a reason we don't have kids, right? <laughs> yeah. With your job, do you get discount or free flights with your said company? I get both. So I get free flights in the States with not just my airline, but other airlines. So really, because oh, wow. our, yeah. So because our job is, I don't want to say remote, but we, some of us commute, we have commuting policies and we have reciprocal agreements on other airlines where we're able to commute on their air, aircrafts if they have space yeah. from our, from our house or from our home airport to our domicile. And, okay. um, then we can also do for leisure in the States. We have to call it, we have to pay what's called a Z fare. And we have, it's like a, it's a standby ticket still, but you pay taxes on this yeah. ticket. And that's what actually what we pay when we go overseas as well. So oh, wow. Great for overseas we pay the Z fare and the taxes. Yeah. So I can usually get to and from, uh, let's say like London for like 280 bucks if uh wow. like if i want to go if i want to go to london from from like chicago or like the the east coast it's about 80 dollars to get there and about 150 to get back wow that is that's awesome i guess that's a perk of the job right i i, I would expect that i think yeah, yeah yeah so i mean it's just and again it just it also depends if your airline goes overseas you might not have to pay this there. You know, who wants to be sitting on a plane on the same plane that you're on every single day? Wow. Okay. <laughs> but um, all, yeah, all of, all of the other airlines treat us really nice. Like I said, the Virgin Atlantic uh, flight attendants treat us really good when we, when we ride on them and they just stock me up on booze. <laughs> that is benefit of having friends, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, what about, have you met any famous people? I have. So I've met a Mexican singer songwriter. Okay. I've met uh, another Hispanic. He's an actor, I think, singer. And then I've met um, George Martian. He played for the Wizards in 92, 93, I think. And he's one of the tallest NBA players. Yeah. And he was on one of my flights. Uh, there's also, did you ever watch Office Space? No. The movie Office Space with no. Jennifer Aniston? No, not so. So there was, <laughs> or, um, scrubs oh it's a, a, a few not my, not many okay so the doctor from scrubs he was on one of my flights um, okay his name i think is like john c mcginney or not um john mcginney or something like that so okay i've met him he's really nice too yeah and then uh and all of them have actually been really nice i actually have a, a picture with the with the mexican singer songwriter and then the uh, hispanic actor the other okay. two I have, I think I have a, just an autograph because I didn't want to bring yeah. attention to them at that point. That's fair enough. Yeah. The basketball players, they must, they must hate flying because they're so tall. 
tall. And at this point I was in one of those like small little planes. <laughs> His whole arm literally was like resting <laughs> on the floor. And then he was going from, he was from, from DC to Charlotte, I believe, if I remember correctly. And um, he had to go to the bathroom in flight. And I could barely fit into the bathroom. I don't know how this man made it in there and was able to take care of business. It's just a, it's so, just a leg room. They're yeah. normally like, yeah, obviously tall legs. Well, he like... was in first class, thankfully. Uh, okay, <laughs> got it. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Because if you if you're in economy, my word, you're going to struggle. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's the amount of my famous people. Any other like words of wisdom before we finish that part? Like anything, advice for us? as customers or that you can think of? Just be nice to your flight attendants. They don't make the rules. We're just informers. We're there for your safety. I feel like that's the biggest thing people need to realize. If the plane goes down, we're all in this together. So, you know, oh, like, do you want, <laughs> like, do you want, do you want to, do you want to be safe by someone or not? That sounds like a threat. But I tried and I just couldn't get back there. Yeah. <laughs> No. Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> no, we'll save everyone equally, which is, you know, be respectful of your flight attendants. Okay, got it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'm trying to stay away from the grim reality that the, the plane could crash because I don't want to talk about it. Because um, I think a lot of people are scared anyway. Yeah, yeah. I get um, it. But I won't tell, then I won't tell you. I like, I watch, there's this one show on the Weather Channel called Why Airplanes Crash. And that's usually what I watch on my layovers. <laughs> How do you do that? <laughs> I don't know. It's just I don't I would say I'm morbid, but I would like to know some of the causes or like what people fail to do in those type of emergencies that I could possibly mm. not be able to avoid in the cabin, like people tripping over things and you know things like that. What about that Netflix documentary about Boeing? Did you see that? Yeah, I did see. What's your thoughts yeah, on that? Uh, Boeing has been in the on the headlines a lot recently. Um, I just think that any company that's making airplanes needs needs to like stop cutting corners and yeah. really put the safety of the aircraft out there as opposed to trying to line their pockets with money. Yeah, money. Yeah, that's kind of common sense. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, my friend who was telling me about the autopilot for Airbus. Yeah, she was telling me some stuff that they used to do. And I, I, I don't want to repeat it on this podcast because it'll make you shudder. But like the maintenance side of it, you're like, no, I don't need to know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so she's, it's interesting um, because I, was, I think Boeing's had a few, like you said, a few controversies, right? I will say this. There is a couple of airlines that I just won't fly because of their maintenance records are in the green. I just rather not risk it. <laughs> are you going to name those airlines? No, I'm not. No, okay. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Well, yeah, makes, not, I won't name the airlines. <laughs> it makes me feel any better. I, I think I looked at the top ten or twenty worst in the world in my backpacking mm-hmm. adventures. I've flown with a few of them. Maybe it's time to not. I think. <laughs> right. My friend, she has a great analogy for it. She's like, mm-hmm. if you were to buy a secondhand car today, there's probably going to be stuff that's wrong with it eventually, right? In the coming years. So she's like, well, the big airlines can afford to maintain and keep the best standards, right? Because they're got the most money. But the lower airlines that maybe take right. those planes off those guys at like years down the line, unless they've got an incredible mm-hmm. maintenance team, they're not going to keep the upkeep as much. So they're going to be risking some stuff. So it's like buying a secondhand car. Right. It's better than mine, I suppose, for like the lower airlines, low cost airlines. Yeah, right. It's a very grim reality that's out there. Yeah. And I think we just bear off not knowing, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, let's not go there. If you do that episode, I'll listen to it, but I will 
uh, I'll avoid it on mine. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. Let's go on to the last couple of things, which is just a bit of personal travel. What's some of your favorite spots that you like traveling to on your time off? Uh, my personal travel, I do at least two, two, like, I don't want to say major trips, but I at least two trips out of the States a year. This year, I've gone to Barcelona already. Yeah. And then I have a friend who wants to go to Tahiti. Oh. And then I'm going back to Scotland in, I think, September. Yeah. So those are some trips that I have. And previously, what, what's been some of your favorite spots that you've been to? Yes. Yeah, so I really love Scotland. Going back this year will be my third time going there. Okay. Um, I've also been to Morocco. I had great food, um, great people. Italy is always really good with the food. I really didn't care much for Paris. I feel like it was just dirty and people, even though they were like semi-friendly, it was just, I love the architecture, but just the city itself. I just didn't really care for it, the culture. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I liked, I really like London too. I don't know. I feel like London, Paris were kind of similar, but London had a more of like authentic vibe, if that makes sense. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's how I that's how I met my best friend. We met in the science and um, he's now a flight attendant with me. But uh, yeah, we've known each other for such a long time. And uh, when we travel, we will spend hours and hours yeah. looking at architecture and history and art. Yeah, Europe's a good place to do that. If you love that sort of thing. Yeah. What makes you love Scotland? Why Scotland? It's just like it's very fresh and clean and it just, it kind of like renews me in a way. Mm. I can go hiking in the morning. I can like yeah. sit there and ponder my life. And it just, it was very healing. It's for me, it is anyway. There's yeah. something about it that is very calming. Yeah, I think the the road along the top all the way around, amazing. Yeah. If you can, if you can drive the yeah. 500, it's it's got some incredible views. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I haven't done the 500 yet. So I've been to you know Edinburgh and Glasgow, Aberdeen, yeah. Inverness, and then I just oh, spent yeah. a lot of my time in Sky. Oh, Sky. Is, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just really healing. I just, I really, really liked it and I enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about your podcast. So the flight okay. attendant, the flight attendant podcast. Tell the listeners what the idea yeah, the is here. Flight attendant podcast. Yeah. So we talk about pretty much everything that we've been talking about, but each episode and we kind of just break it down. We talked about turbulence. Um, we talked about, you know, emergency procedures. We've talked about traveling with disabilities, pet peeves, our favorite airports. So it's it's really not about shaming the passenger or talking about bad about the passengers. Although we do, you know, sometimes we talk about that and have funny stories, but it's about more of informing passengers as to like why we do the things we do or why it's important to do certain things that we are doing in in flight in the cabin and why we need we like take our job more seriously than any other one so at the end of the day we're the first responders in the air we're the last line of defense if somebody you know get into the flight deck and that's a big responsibility like we could potentially lose our lives mm. as we've seen you know for the 9-11 attacks and other hijackings around you know around the world and stuff so it's more about learning than talking about you know shaming passengers or talking about other fun stuff which we do I mean if you've you've heard it we've we've had some funny stories (laughs) on there so my co-host Uncle Jay he's taking a little break and I'm just trying to figure out 
what to put out next just because it is kind of hard to share information without having somebody else to talk with so I hear you. so but you know hopefully I'm gonna have some episodes that I've been recording so I'll release those here coming in a bit but I just it's it's been difficult especially not only just trying to you know find somebody to do an episode with me but also to just to keep it relevant to what we're seeing now in the airline industry and just you know keep it light and not so somber how it has been the past two years yeah that's a fair point that's a good point actually yeah yeah i'm, I'm really glad you're doing that because i think we we're as an industry i'm, I'm saying we i don't work in it but I, yeah, yeah. i'm a big traveler but yeah like it, it was a, it was dark days at one point where nothing was going on right and you know like i have store i have so many stories that flight attendants have given me that i want to put out there just you know to have a couple of light episodes but i think the last episode that i put out was the 9-11 episode from last year and it, it took me a little while to get through that one just because of the information in there it was all facts and but it was also all all very heavy because yeah. it you know it, it was an attack and so many lives were lost yeah that's um the more somber side right yeah yeah and do you also get just flight attendants or do you get maybe other people in the industry on as well i mean i'm open to have anybody that wants to come on and you know i do have one listener she oh like you guys are doing great like take care of yourself you know and so I really want to bring her on because she would definitely have a different view on things that I see. Maybe she sees differently. You know, we all come from different places and we all see things differently. So maybe she's seeing it since she is a civilian traveling. She might see it differently and help us understand why they do the things they do a certain way. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, I'd happily be a guest just to give you my opinion of what I've seen. I've, I've taken a lot of flights in my time, oh, yeah, unfortunately. For sure. So I... <laughs> If you've got any questions from a traveler point of view, I'm happy to give you uh, that side. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll definitely set something up and have you on and we'll do a full episode of the Flight Attendant Podcast. That'd be awesome. I think I'm a good passenger because I I see what could potentially be annoying for you. I just feel bad going to the toilet. I mean, that's fine, right? You need to get up and go. But even I feel bad taking my belt off and like... I just want to make the least amount of fuss. Right. But when I see other people doing cringe stuff, I'm like, oh, just don't do that. And I feel bad for you guys. Yeah, right? there is there is this one route that is that is just nobody wants to do anything in and out of Orlando. Nobody really wants to do because it's all families and kids. Any of those flights, we can be walking by the cabin to pick up trash every like 10 minutes. <laughs> and still at the end of the flight, there will be M&Ms and Bugles oh. and like Kit Kats <laughs> just everywhere on the floor. And I was like, how? Like we went through and, bo- and all of our trash bins will be stuffed with trash, but yet there's more on the ground. Oh. How? Makes no sense at all. I don't envy on that. <laughs> yeah, nightmare. <laughs> Thank- yeah, if you're flying Air Canada, like I just flew them back from Barcelona. And as soon as I got on, they gave me like this kit with a mask and the wipes and um, there was like gel I think in the one that I got and so it was like really nice because you know they're really taking care of the the health part of the of everything that's been going on lately yeah yeah that's quite uh, it's actually quite nice actually yeah randomly can you tell listeners where we can find your podcast and your social media as well yeah so we're on um basically apple podcasts spotify we are on google podcast um i think 
we're also on yeah if you go to our instagram which is the flight attendant podcast and then on twitter at stay safe fly safe that we have gmail the flight attendant podcast at gmail.com and then our website the flight attendant podcast.com okay i'll put all the links in the show notes so they'll be able to access them easily the link tree and then you can just that'll have everything on there yeah love a link tree makes things easier we're going to finish on quick fire travel questions so these are like your favorite things traveling hey yeah just a quick one before we carry on with the travel questions i just want to say there are many ways to support this podcast you can buy me a coffee and help support the podcast with five dollars or you can go to my merch store with the affiliate link with t public where there's plenty of merch available to buy such as t-shirts jumpers hoodies and also some children's clothing thirdly which is free you can also rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, or Good Pods. Also, you can find me on social media on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Simply just search for Winging It Travel Podcast, and you'll find me displaying all my social media content for traveling, podcast, and other stuff. Thank you. It's travel question time. So I'm going to say, first of all, maybe your three top favorite countries that you've traveled to. This can be work or, ple- work or pleasure. It's up to you. Right. So I'm going to say Scotland yeah, and um, Italy and actually Quebec was really nice too. Oh, Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, I, went to, okay. yeah I went to visit a friend years, years back and it was a really good trip too. Okay. I, I accept. What about... Three countries that you would love to go to next that you've not been to? Um, Austria and Australia and like, Germany. Do you know what? It's amazing how many times Austria comes up. It baffles me every week. Really? <sighs> like, people who love going there, who want to go there. What? What is it? <laughs> Can't work out. I feel like it's the worst place to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sounds it. Sounds it. Okay. What about... If you could live in one country that you've not lived in before, where would you live? Either Italy or Scotland, I think. I yeah. feel like Italy, especially in Florence, is pretty similar to Chicago. Um, and then, I mean, Scotland is just full of air. So, and, you know, greenery, which I love. And I love the rain. So Yeah. Okay. Um, can you maybe give us your favorite Mexican dish? Cactus. Really? Yeah, yeah. So you can make it with anything. You can make it by itself. You can yeah. grill it. You can make it with eggs. You can make it with steak. You can make it with like in a salad with with fresh like fresh, queso fresco. Like mm. it's very versatile. Okay, what about a favorite beach that you've been to? I'm not a beach person, but I'm just gonna stick to the Michigan lakes because they don't. Have, oh, yeah? they don't have um, you know the sands don't have salt. They're freshwater as opposed to yeah water. Yeah, I think so. someone else said that answer before as well. Yeah, I think I've interviewed a few people from Michigan. Okay, what about a favorite city? Anywhere. Anywhere. I'd, I'd say Florence. Okay, and you love coffee by the sounds of it, so this is, this is a good I question. Do. So we've got two parts to this question. You have to pick one city in the world to drink coffee and watch the world go by. And what is your favorite country's coffee? Like, what is your go-to? <sighs> Why do you do this to me? I mean, uh, <laughs> Italy has really good coffee. Also, my partner brings me back coffee from Kenya when he goes home. 
my god there's also the colombian coffee like why oh, are yeah. you doing this to me i know <laughs> i know um so i'll just i guess i'll go with what i actually have in my bag right now which is bustelo coffee um but if i had to drink it somewhere mm-hmm. um i guess it would be in florence okay florence yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i accept not too bad what about a favorite hike or walk they've done? Oh my gosh, the, um, I think like either the hike up to the Old Man of Store in Sky or the Fairy Pools. Ah, yeah, nice, nice. Yeah. Okay, favorite international cuisine. So this can't be Mexican or American. I'm gonna rule those out for you. So maybe somewhere else that where you love the food. <laughs> this is gonna sound really weird, but I really had I had really really good Indian food in Scotland. Trust me, Indian food in UK is brilliant. Yeah, it's so, good. I mean, it's good. There's loads of Indians it's there. Really good. Yeah. 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 So I'm gonna with that. <laughs> yeah, I, I fully accept it. Yeah, yeah. No worries. What about a favorite party place? Favorite party place? Oh God, I'm not a party person. Oh, you're not. I did that. All, I did all my twenties. <laughs> um, you know what? I'm gonna have to go back to Florence because if you listen to one of the earlier episodes of the, my podcast, when my my one of my best friends Millie came on the show with me, um, we lost each other in Florence, and it was like a later, like a late night. We don't go out when when we travel together. We don't go out late at night, but we decided to this night, and we lost each other because we were having such a good time. And I thought I was going to have to call the cops because she <laughs> was lost. And she thought she was going to have to call the cops because she thought I was lost. So if you want that story, go listen to the podcast. <laughs> cool. Yeah, we'll chill in for that. Absolutely. 100%. Okay. And next question I've got here is, I don't know if you've done any like high adrenaline activities on your travels. No, actually, I'm pretty. Oh, wait, no. Yeah, I did. I was in St. Croix last year and we did one of those uh, Jeep tours like into the into the forest, into the mountains. And we almost died because the car kind of almost flipped over. So oh, yeah. right. <laughs> that was that was fun. OK. Yeah. And I'm going to have another trial question and I've got some cheeky flight attendant questions. Sure. Uh, let's do a favorite lake. Lake Michigan. Lake Michigan. Yeah. And on your experience of countries abroad maybe the best value for money where you've actually had a good time with budget it's not been too expensive morocco oh yeah i think morocco can be done pretty cheaply right yeah yeah we spent um seven nights there and we did four different cities and we spent about 600 dollars all together including transportation like the airplane back and forth and that was only because obviously we get cheap airfare so Okay. But I feel like it can be done under 500, not including airfare. Mm. Okay. Okay. Cheeky questions here. Maybe a favorite like route or route, if depending on which way, which country you're from, that you do in your job. You know what? I really love going from Myrtle Beach up to like Niagara Falls. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because we get a lot of Canadians and they're all super nice. Yeah. And if it's not the Canadians in that same route, it's, a whole bunch of older men who are going to Myrtle Beach to golf and then they tip you because they're buying alcohol left and right. <laughs> oh, you just made me another question, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Before I forget, was it your podcast? I was listening to you. I think it was yours when you talked about tipping. Yeah. Can you tell this is very quick? This is a cheeky question. Tipping. What is the rule here? You, you don't ask for it, but if, it, if you're giving it, you'll take it. We can't decline it, essentially, but we're not supposed to take it. 
<laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> so like a, what a lot of people do is they just kind of like put it on the cart or they, if we're oh, yeah. wearing aprons, they put it on the apron because like we can't say no because that's rude, but we also like technically we're not supposed to accept it. Yeah. Okay. So. Got it. So if you, if you listen, a tip will go a long way. Okay. Oh, yeah. What about <laughs> a favorite like hotel or accommodation when you land after a shift, do you have a favorite one in, in the city somewhere or or a town? I don't have like a favorite hotel in a city, but I do have a favorite hotel type. Oh, yeah. And that is the type of hotel that I have right now, which has a full kitchen because like we were talking before, I bring my own lunch and having like a whole kitchen gives me the way to actually have a healthy nutritional meal versus having to go buy oh, out shit. the same meal for like yeah. three times as much. Yeah. I hear you on that. Okay. Do you, a few more questions and we're done. Do you have a certain amount of expenses per day when working? Like, do we get paid a certain amount a day? Or... Yeah. Like if you claimed a meal, like you bought, spent $10 on a meal, can you claim that back? So the way that it works for us, it's like the, that's why we get the per diem 24 hours a day. Yeah. So that's about $60 a day that we get. I don't want to say it's allowance because it's paid out the following month essentially like six dollars a day that we could quote unquote claim as our mm -hmm. expenses but because they're paid in the future it's kind of it, it's different i personally when i'm a when i'm on a trip if i don't bring food with me then i will set aside like a hundred dollars for the entire four days because there are hotels where we get breakfast or dinner or both and so like if I, or if we're like working a full day, then we really don't have a chance to get off the plane very often to go get mm. multiple meals. So it's like one meal. When a trip, when I'm just like, eh, I'm just going to eat whatever, I end up spending about 50 to $100 a day, which is not good at all. Whoa. <laughs> well, because, yeah. you know, like the cruise, like, let's go out for drinks or let's go out for dinner. And, you know, like drinks add up pretty quickly. And yeah. Okay. So that's why I try to like just bring my food. <laughs> yep. I get that. Fair enough. Okay. And a few more questions I've done. Do you have an airline that you would love to work for, if you're allowed to say, in the future? Yeah. I mean, no, yeah. Um, I think that I would like to work for, if I could, it would be like Virgin Atlantic. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, they seem fun. Okay. And I like their uniform. Okay. Cool. <laughs> do, do you have a shout out to some of your favorite, like, fight attendant friends? You can, like, maybe shout some people out that you love doing your shifts with yeah so i uh that i like, that i work with um i think my best friend uncle jay and then millie is another one millie and i um we are like sisters we can't really be in the same galley she has to be in the back or and i have to be in the front or vice versa because we will kill each other <laughs> but we also care the world about each other so it's you know uh, I actually, I was supposed to be flying with one of my really good friends on this trip and he unfortunately got sick. So he wasn't able to come with us. So big shout out to Eric. And then um, just a couple of other girlfriends of mine that we just get along great. And we have that look when we see a passenger, it's like, oh my gosh, this passenger. Um, that's gonna be, it's gonna, I'm not, I don't know if they want me to say their actual, their actual names. So I'm going to say S and J and they know who they are. Yeah. That's fine with me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Penultimate question is, do you have just that one funny moment where you lost it when you're working? Like you just couldn't stop laughing. 
there was this one time when um, this one passenger came on board and he was pretty tall. So we're like, you know, watch your head. And he's like, okay. So he, um, so he walked towards his seat and then just right before he sat down, he miscalculated his height to where the bulkhead was and he slammed to the point where it bounced off the overhead bin like his head just bounced off the overhead bin and I was far away so I was able to laugh but there was a flight attendant standing in front of him and how she kept her composure is beyond me because <laughs> I mean, we're just like we're like watch your head he's like oh yeah yeah I do it all the time and then next thing I was like like it was just like a huge thump and his head bounced and I'm just like, ooh, I'm just going to go over here and laugh in the galley. Yeah, I think that was one of the funniest parts or uh, times that I couldn't stop laughing. Okay, that's great. And last question would be, if someone's thinking of maybe, I don't know if I can murder this, maybe two ways, travel as a whole, mm-hmm. or is thinking about maybe becoming a flight attendant, why should they go and do this job where you can combine the both? Like, why should they maybe keep persevering and try and get into the job that you do if it's if it's something they truly truly want to do the lifestyle is definitely worth it as long as you are okay with giving up certain aspects of your own life especially in the beginning because you're on call depending on the airline that you're with and you will miss birthdays you will miss concerts you will miss like things that you might want to do because you have to go fly but at the end of the day the end result nothing beats getting on a plane and then opening the door and being somewhere completely different. Yeah. And I feel like that to me is what makes it worth it. I told my mom when I was two that I wanted to be a flight attendant. And then here I am, you know, like almost more than 32, more than 30 years later doing it. So, and it's like, once you're traveling, I think my dad put the travel bug in me because we used to travel all the time when I was little and and it's just, it's, it's something that like when, especially when I take trips for myself, it's just something that you will never forget. It doesn't matter how many, how many times you go to like, to the same place, it will never be the same experience. Mm-hmm. You get to, and, and this happened when, uh, when I took my best, when I took my best friend, uncle Jay to London and Paris, cause I'd already been, it was a big difference from when my I experienced it and then experienced it through his eyes that it was like seeing seeing it again completely new because he was you know seeing things that he'd never seen before and that to me was like such a pleasure yeah which I've actually got a cheeky question that I forgot to ask yeah. have you have you ever had a culture shock like landing somewhere I think um I think in Morocco just because it's such a different culture than what I'm used to mm. and it, the language barrier because it was just, you know, a lot of them speak English, but at the same time, you want to be respectful enough to at least know a couple of words here and there. So you don't seem like that entitled American. Yeah, <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> that, but I will say that Millie and I got into this huge argument um, in a cafe outside of Vatican City, and we were those American. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, but I think because I grew up in Mexico and then came to the States, my culture shock is not as much as it it could be for other people who never traveled outside of the country. 
Yeah, it's a fair point, especially a lot of Americans who don't travel. Mm -hmm. There's there's a heap heap of Americans who don't travel abroad, like even in in your own country, not not that much. Right, right. Yeah, and we've experienced a lot of first-time flyers these past couple of years because airfares were so cheap, anybody could afford them. Yeah. So we that was that was a big part of the traveling the past couple of years a lot of new people who'd never traveled before traveling for the first time on a plane not knowing what to do yeah i think you can only learn that on the go like you can read all about it but until you're in those situations i don't think you can really know how you're going to react yeah okay b thanks for coming on it's been a great chat yeah thanks for having me i will look forward to coming on to your podcast as a guest all right okay (laughs) b thanks so much for coming on thank you thanks jay i'll see you later yeah catch you later see you bye thank you for listening to my winging it travel podcast episode today you can find me on instagram at james hammond travel or winging it travel podcast you can search for both i release weekly clips of this podcast episode as well as photos from the last eight to ten years of my travels you can also follow me on tiktok facebook and pinterest by searching winging it travel podcast i do release daily content to do with travel and the podcast throughout the week Also check out my website jameshammond.org, there's content about myself, my travels and there's also a newsletter sign up as well as a contact form. Finally please rate and review the podcast on Podchaser, this is my platform of choice. Alternatively you can rate this on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts from. This really helps the podcast gain a bit of traction for the future in terms of guests and content. And I'm glad to see that you guys are listening out there, reviewing it and enjoying the content so far. Stay safe, stay humble, keep listening, keep traveling and I'll catch you soon. Cheers, James.